Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm your host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Jeremy Sheefling. And here's a bit about Jeremy. He has devoted his career to helping students succeed in theirs, from recruiting top students at Teach for America to leading student marketing for LinkedIn. He's touched the lives of millions of people just starting their journeys. Along the way, he's published a top-selling book on job applications, served as the University of Michigan's tech career coach, and produced the most viewed video in LinkedIn's history. Wow. He's current, he currently leads teacher outreach efforts at Khan Academy and shares his thoughts on Break Into Tech, a site for anyone who wants to launch a tech career. I definitely could use that. I definitely want to pivot. So without further ado, please welcome Jeremy Schiefling to GEMS Podcast, where today we're going to talk about LinkedIn, all things related to it. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Genesis. My pleasure, Jeremy, and congratulations on your book and some of the incredible things that you're doing. So before we dive in, Jeremy, I like to get to know you on a personal level. So please share a fun and interesting fact about yourself that obviously I don't know, my community doesn't know, and maybe not even some of your followers. Yeah, sure. Well, I think one of the things that's really been a big part of my life is that I grew up in the city of Buffalo. And one of the things I saw about Buffalo, because it's sort of this Rust Belt city right there on Lake Erie, is that a lot of folks had hit upon hard times and were trying to sort of find economic opportunity in the ruins of the industrial era. And one of the things that's motivated me ever since is that I feel like no matter your background, whether you're starting your career or you're 10 jobs in, there is opportunity out there. And the thing that I didn't even realize didn't even exist when I was a kid is this huge new opportunity that comes with tools like LinkedIn to reach out, learn from other people who've gone on to do really cool stuff and discover your own path. And I think that's really ignited my passion for helping others find careers with meaning. Yes, because if you have a career and it's not meaningful to you, then it's just a job because you're just going through the motions, praying and hoping something else will come along. But then if you're not taking those steps and creating those action moves to really change where you are, then you're pretty much just existing versus living. So true. So true. So Jeremy, what made you become a LinkedIn expert? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. When I first started at LinkedIn, I had other job offers from Amazon and Microsoft, other companies. People said, why are you going to LinkedIn? That's like the boring social network, Facebook for old people. Um, And, you know, even though it didn't seem as sexy on the surface, it was totally appealing to me as a careers nerd because I was going to learn these insider secrets about how the hiring process really works. And it's true. You know, basically, as someone who knew nothing about hiring before working at LinkedIn, I got to understand what happens when you submit an application online? How does a recruiter review it? How do they choose you based on your resume, your LinkedIn profile? 
And it's those same secrets that I'm still teaching a decade later to help other people unlock that power. And I really want everyone to have access to those tools. So are you still at LinkedIn currently? No, so I've left LinkedIn. And the nice thing about that is I can tell you the honest truth about what matters and what doesn't in terms of where to focus your time on LinkedIn, uh, but very still passionate about the site, even as a former employee. So how long did you stay at LinkedIn? Yeah, so I was there for about three years at a time when LinkedIn had just IPO'd and was starting to really serve a student and alumni audience for the first time. Oh, nice. Okay. So then after you left LinkedIn, did you go to another company similar or did you just launch your own business? Yeah. So basically everything I've ever done since has been related to education. So just like I was a kindergarten teacher at the start of my career, you know, I've worked for Khan Academy. I've built my own ed tech startups. And the whole goal is just empowering others to unlock their true potential. Hmm, okay, very cool. So you definitely have a servant leadership um, heart and you want to, you know, help other people make an impact just like you're making an impact in various spaces. And with education, if you're not learning, I tell people you're not growing personally or professionally. So you should be willing to learn something new every day or at least challenge yourself too. So when we think about LinkedIn, a lot of people may not have a LinkedIn account because it's not glamorous, but now LinkedIn is coming up with new ways to appeal to um, creative content makers. Like there's videos, there's a creator icon. There's so many other things that they're putting into their platform to make it appealing in a business aspect, but also in a creative aspect. So what do you think about some of the new tools and resources that they're using? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think a lot of folks say, hey, I'm not looking for a job. I run my own business. Why do I have to be on LinkedIn? And I would say, well, where are your clients? Where are your future partners? Where are the people that you want to collaborate with? And I guarantee you, they are on LinkedIn. And so if you've got a story to tell, if you've got a business that you want to develop, you've got to be on LinkedIn because those tools that you alluded to, Genesis, are going to allow you to tell that story really powerfully with this big megaphone that's aimed at the exact audience you want to reach. Yeah, so pretty much like for those who may not be looking for a job, it's like, but where's your ideal avatar hanging out and how do you tap into their metaverse? So then on the flip side, there are some people who definitely want to work because benefits. And I'm a proponent that whenever you <laughs> tap into self-insurance, it's so much pricier than company paid insurance. So you find people who do have their own businesses, but they work for employers just for the benefits part. And they may take a job that, you know, may not necessarily be like high paying, but it's, you know, it pays decent just so they could get those, you know, benefits and perks. So let's talk about those job applications that you mentioned, because I feel like some recruiters don't even spend enough time to really get to know an applicant and they just glance over really quick. So if you don't have that wildcard factor to stand out, then you're definitely um, missing the mark. But then are they really even looking at diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging like they say they are? Yeah, such a great question. So you're absolutely right. You know, if you put yourself into the shoes of a recruiter and you imagine, hey, I'm juggling 10 jobs that I have to fill. Each job has a thousand applicants. 
of course they're not going to read your resume from your name all the way down to your last bullet point. They've got to scan, they've got to use sort of rules of thumb to decide quickly. But that means it's your job as a candidate to stand out in all the ways that matter. So on an algorithmic level, do you have the right keywords on your resume or your LinkedIn profile that a recruiter is searching for? Let's say you want to be a project manager and a job description talks about you've got to have experience with Microsoft Project, you have to have PMP certification. Where are all those keywords listed on your profile? If not, you're basically invisible. And then to your point, Genesis, how do you really capture the attention of the recruiter once the algorithm says, hey, this is a great candidate? Well, that's where you've got to tell your story really powerfully. It can't be like, blah, 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 I'm a project manager. Instead, it's got to be, give me the sports center highlight version of your entire career. What's the most complex project you ever led? How did you shave time and budget off of that project to ultimately deliver outstanding results? Knock my socks off in less than five seconds because that's all the time I have to allot to your candidacy. So definitely move quickly. And then to the DEI piece, I think corporations more and more are focused on that today. And so I think, you know, if you've been involved with affiliate, affiliation organizations as part of your last employer, or you've led any kind of extracurricular work in that space, don't shy back from it and say, hey, I'm not going to put it on my resume or my profile. Instead, lead with it. Be proud of that work. Because again, there is a lot of hunger out there to find candidates from all spectrums of society. So um, not just applying for the jobs, but what do you think about people actually doing videos and then tagging some of the recruiters to kind of like, you know, say, hey, you know what, I want to get in front of you. I'm not just going to apply for this job, but I'm going to do something to grasp your attention. Because um, in your bio, it talked about that video that has made LinkedIn history. So what was that video? And does it kind of pertain to the question I just asked? Or feel free to rephrase it, you know? Yeah, great question. So my video was sort of what we typically, typically think of as one of these slick marketing videos and, you know, when it was on YouTube and had millions of views, and that's great. But what you're getting at, Genesis, is actually a more important trend, which is when LinkedIn actually surveys hiring managers and recruiters and says, hey, would you rather read a cover letter or see a really great video from a candidate? More often than not, they prefer the video. And so there are two things you can do. Number one, in addition to your headshot on LinkedIn, you can now go into the LinkedIn app and record your own little cover video so that anyone who sees your profile can see a 30 second clip of you basically saying, hey, here's who I am, here's what I can do for your firm, basically building that rapport even before they actually meet you. And then when you do actually decide that you're ready to reach out, start putting yourself out there into the marketplace, absolutely, go on LinkedIn, record a video about your credentials, your qualifications, what you're passionate about, tag recruiters, use hashtags relevant to your industry, make sure it gets seen by all those people that you want to reach. So you brought up something, um, hashtags. So we've all heard that if you keep using the same hashtags over and over, there's a thing called shadow banning. <laughs> so does shadow banning work on LinkedIn or is that just for other social media platforms? Yeah, I would say that LinkedIn being sort of the boring social network uh, is not going to have the same level of vitriol and back and forth as you would have on Twitter or a place like that. So I would say, on LinkedIn, you're going to be on your best behavior. You're not going to have to worry about trolls and all that stuff. If you've got a hashtag relevant to your industry, so for example, hashtag project management, hashtag ed tech, hashtag, you know, 
energy and um, sustainability. That's totally fair game because people are coming to LinkedIn to learn from experts like yourself and you wanna make sure that they find you using the power of hashtags. Okay, thank you for busting that myth. <laughs> so whenever you think about LinkedIn as a whole, Jeremy, and now that you're no longer affiliated with them as an employee, but you are a LinkedIn user and consumer, can you talk about some tips and tricks that have worked for you to level up your influence in the space? Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you're thinking about how do I really stand out and make sure that folks are finding me either for jobs or for business deals or whatever you're looking for? Number one, you have to know who your audience is. So if you're looking for a job, that means recruiters and hiring managers. I'll give you a really cool hack to reach that latter audience. So hiring managers, the person who's going to be your future boss, are often hiding in the shadows. Like they're not necessarily as visible as the recruiter at first. But you can actually find hiring managers on LinkedIn by going to the search box and typing in these two magic words in quotes, I'm hiring. And what you will find on LinkedIn is so many hiring managers are raising their hands and saying, hey, I don't wanna wait for great candidates to find out about my job. I wanna go out there and tell them about it explicitly. And you'll see hiring managers at Google, hiring managers at McKinsey, hiring managers at American Express who want you to reach out to them to forge those connections and show them what you can do. So that's a really powerful way to get past the recruiter gatekeeper right to that critical decision maker. I definitely like cutting out the middleman because sometimes recruiters like who recruit for certain positions, they don't even understand the scope of the person who they're interviewing, but they know they have a certain checklist and criteria. So they're just going through that and but not really connecting with that individual on you know, a more personal as well as professional level. So sometimes you have a really exceptional candidates that get tossed to the side or discarded because the recruiter does not know how to really connect with them professionally. Absolutely. I'm so glad you called that out, Genesis, because again, recruiters are often the first face of the company when we start to engage with a firm and we start to think, oh, I've got to win over the recruiter. But you're absolutely right. Recruiters at the end of the day are mercenaries. They are not here for the long haul because as soon as they fill your job, they move on to the other 100 jobs they have to fill and they don't really bear the consequences one way or another. Whereas the hiring manager, the person that's actually gonna be your future boss, they have all the weight of the world on their shoulders because if you're a great hire, you make their life awesome. If you're a terrible hire, they are stuck with all the cleanup. Like I've got to fire you, I've got to hire someone new. I've got to retrain that person. And so they have all the incentives to find someone great. And if you can reach out directly to the hiring manager, they're going to be way more interested in you than any recruiter ever. Absolutely. Just build that rapport and don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone. I think so many people are waiting for someone to approach them versus approaching that individual who they admire or they feel like they could complement their skills with theirs and just, you know, make something incredible 
just really create those synergies. And I wanna encourage anyone to use LinkedIn, no matter if you're 18 to 60 plus, there is a spot for you within the platform and you use it to the best of your ability, but constantly learn. Like there's LinkedIn learnings, there's live LinkedIn's that you could do now. Like, so I see people doing their own trainings there. Um, there's a creative space there. There's so many things that you can do now that you couldn't have done when LinkedIn first started. So they're always advancing. And I'm not saying that, oh yeah, I'm a LinkedIn um, advocate per se, and I don't get paid by LinkedIn, but I'm just saying from like my personal usage of LinkedIn, it has been beneficial. And I don't have like a ton of followers, but I think I have 6,700 right now. So I built it up over time. And I tell people when you connect with people on LinkedIn, don't just send a blank connection, like really personalize it. So they understand why you're reaching out or where you met them at or et cetera, because then it helps jog their memory. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to be really clear, like as much as I love LinkedIn, I would actually not recommend that you go out there and line LinkedIn's wallet by buying LinkedIn premium and paying all this money like all the stuff that we're talking about today is 100% free. You don't have to pay LinkedIn for the privilege of having a profile, for the privilege of searching for people, for the privilege of reaching out to people. All of that can be done through connection requests that are personalized, which as you know, Genesis, are free. Definitely. And one thing that you also talk about too, Jeremy, is the Boolean search. So I kind of want you to explain it in your words, um, why the Boolean search techniques are beneficial, because you said it's 10xing your chances of landing an interview, or it could be not only just landing an interview, maybe landing a new business deal. Think about it that way. Yeah, for sure. And so what I'm getting at there with that 10x there's been a lot of research and job searching that shows that uh, candidates who are referred, so someone on the inside going to bat for you, are 10 times more likely to get the job than someone who only applies online, which the vast majority of us only do. And so if you want to get that referral, what you can do is you can go to LinkedIn and you can do a Boolean search like this. So you could say company colon Google. So only show me employees at Google. And then maybe you want to work on the marketing team. Title colon marketing. And right away, you found just the marketers at Google. And from there, you could say, show me only people who I know, first degree connections, or people who know someone that I know, second degree. And now you have this perfect list of people who are going to be your future colleagues, your future supporters, and how closely connected they are to you. So when you reach out and ask for that referral, you've already got a lot of connective tissue, and you're that much closer to getting that 10x bonus that online applicants never get. Yes, and who doesn't want that 10X bonus, right? We all wanna you know, win it and be that opener, but also close the deal. So when you uh, mentioned those first, second, and third connections, can you talk about the difference between the connections and how do people get ranked in those connections? And the, also the color schematics is different and some can do in-mail versus others not being able to do in-mail or sometimes it'll be like, if you would like to send this user a message, upgrade. <laughs> right, right. LinkedIn is sneaky like that. So here's, I'll give you a way around it, but let me first explain the degrees. So if you think about that old game, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, basically like uh, uh, LinkedIn and Shane, right? Uh, your first three connections are people that you know directly 
then your second degree connections are one link out. So someone that knows someone you know, a mutual connection essentially. And that's where I would focus. Anything past the second degree is just too far, too many extra links. So if you know someone directly, obviously you could reach out and say, hey, we used to work together. We used to play on the same softball team together. I would love to chat with you about this opportunity. If you don't know them directly, but they are second degree, I could say, hey, I see that Genesis knows me and Genesis knows you. So maybe I'll ask Genesis to introduce us. And right there, you go from this cold outreach to a warm intro. Someone who bonds you together with this other person, building that bridge between you and this, this new friend. So definitely use those techniques. And if you run into that sort of paywall that Genesis was talking about, where LinkedIn wants you to buy premium to send an email, go to a site called hunter.io. And what you can do on Hunter is look up, again for free, the email address format for any company in the world. So for example, if you typed linkedin.com, it would find 700 LinkedIn email addresses across the web, and it would quickly identify that the most common email format is first initial, last name at linkedin.com. And sure enough, I was Jay Schiefling at linkedin.com when I worked there. And that way you can reach out through plain old email and you can be sure they're going to get your message and it's not going to cost you a cent. Oh yeah. And I do, I do like that you mentioned hunter.io, right? Um, because some people, when you send them a connection request, the system will also ask you to put in their email address. And if you don't have their email address, then you could use this external tool that Jeremy is mentioning, grab their email address, go back to LinkedIn and put it in, in order for you to unlock the messaging component. And that's really cool. And I also want to share a tip, a tip that I use. So once someone connects with me on LinkedIn, if you're using the app on your phone, there is a microphone icon where you can send a personalized voice note. And I love sending those personalized voice notes so they can hear how I sound, the tone of voice. There's no nothing that is misconstrued. And then some people are like, wow. I never even knew you could do this. And then um, it also breaks eyes because I'm like, yeah, if you have the LinkedIn app on your phone, just look in the um, lower right-hand corner. There's a microphone icon, hold it down. And I think there's a minute um, time limit for you to send those voice notes. But I think that's really cool. But I would love to see LinkedIn advance it to maybe even send like a video, like yeah. a short video clip. I think that would be totally dope. <laughs> I love that technique. So cool. Yeah. So, um, Jeremy, as we begin to wind down soon, I want you to talk about some common myths versus facts with LinkedIn, or you could talk about some um, tips if you want. So pick your pick your two. <laughs> yeah, we already talked about the LinkedIn premium myth. You have to pay LinkedIn to make it useful. Definitely not the case. I think another big myth that's actually started when I worked there is that you got to get all these LinkedIn endorsements. And so you've probably seen these messages in the past where it says, so-and-so has endorsed you for some skill. And the thing is, is that even though it seems really fun, it's become really wildly out of control with, you know, my mom um, endorsing me for things like astronomy and zoology and all the stuff I didn't even know about. And so the problem is, is that LinkedIn would love to be able to use that data to help recruiters find candidates. But because of this mom problem, where like everyone is being endorsed for all sorts of stuff they're not really qualified for, the endorsements don't matter that much. Recruiters don't search for them. They're not even built into the recruiter tool. On the other hand, what does matter is recommendations. You know, if you think of your standard resume, it's all what Genesis says about herself or what I say about myself. 
there's no third-party validation. Whereas recommendations are the rare chance to actually have someone um, confirm that you are as good as you claim to be. So I would get a couple of high quality recommendations and not sweat endorsements whatsoever. Yep, I'm all for the recommendations because at first I was getting those endorsements and I'm like, did we work together? Do you know how good I am at this skill? Or people are like, hey, can you endorse me for this skill? So I wouldn't endorse them for their top skills, especially if I haven't seen them work in that capacity. But what I would endorse you for are the skills that I know you're good at based on the rapport that we have already built or something like that. So I um, always like to say, if the shoe's on the other foot, think about it from your perspective looking out as well as looking in. And it just helps with the credibility. I agree. So um, Jeremy, whenever you think about LinkedIn and you compare it to some other social media platforms, is LinkedIn still your primary go-to spot versus like something like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or some of the other ones? Yeah. So I always think that like the better way to think about social networks than just, hey, this is this random crazy place is these are tools to accomplish specific goals. I would argue that the goal of something like Facebook or TikTok is kind of to waste time. You know, you're feeling a little burnt out doing your job. You need a break. You go over to those sites and that's great. They're awesome at it. LinkedIn is terrible at that. LinkedIn is honestly not that exciting a place to go hang out, but LinkedIn is the place that you go to unlock opportunity. Whether it's career opportunity or entrepreneurial opportunity, that's where the action is. And the tools are built like a heat-seeking missile to help you get in touch with the right people at the right time for the right opportunity. So I encourage folks not to sort of have that time-wasting social media mindset when it comes to LinkedIn, but instead, what can LinkedIn actually do for me to advance opportunity in my life and my career? That's what it's all about. Absolutely. So you could also ask yourself, okay, is it adding value? And if it's not adding value, then I need to stop doing it. Um, and then how can I be adding value to the platform and other people that are in my social network? And then also like whenever you are connecting with someone on LinkedIn, I also encourage you to get them off of the platform and into like a Google meeting, mm. a Zoom or et cetera, via a virtual tea or coffee chat. So you could connect on a deeper, deeper level. So you could really start to form that relationship because you never know when you can help that individual or that individual can help you so really be intentional with your time and why you connect it yeah because you know so often we get caught up in technology for technology's sake but in this case it's technology for relationship's sake how do we build that real rapport with real people you got to get away from the technology and back to that face-to-face -face. so jeremy i want you to leave us with your call to action for this segment yeah for sure so if you're excited about any of the topics we've covered today in terms of LinkedIn for job seeking, LinkedIn for entrepreneurship. My co-founder, um, Omar Garrett and I actually have a brand new book, the only LinkedIn book written by former LinkedIn insiders that's coming out on May 3rd. And you can actually pre-order it and get a lot of bonus goodies at thejobinsiders.com. Um, so I encourage everyone to check that out. And then most importantly, I wanna thank Genesis for this opportunity. And I wanna thank you all for listening because again, here in 2022, in the midst of the great resignation, there's so much opportunity out there and I want you to have all the right tools to access it. So go out there, um, begin your next career adventure and uh, make me and LinkedIn and Genesis proud.
And there you have it, listeners and viewers. You just heard Jeremy Schiefling. All of his contact information will be in the show notes. So he primarily hangs out on LinkedIn. He's obviously a, a proponent there. And then also grab his book. It comes out May 3rd. But right now, if you go get it, before it comes out, he's giving you bonuses. And who doesn't like those free bonuses and all those um, freebies? So I definitely want to encourage you to just connect with him, ask him more questions. And if you want him back here, start sending me questions so I could start telling Jeremy, hey, this is what the listeners and the viewers want to hear next. So make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms. Connect with us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things video content. And we're actually looking for brand ambassadors and brand sponsors to continue the mission of Gems, which is to educate, inspire, and motivate while connecting the dots and bridging the gap between diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us to make this world a better place to really have those synergies. Find out more info at genesisamarskemp.net so you can support. And until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Remember, you're an asset, not a liability, and don't box yourself in because you weren't born in a box, you don't live in a box, so why the hell would you allow other people to put you in one? Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel. Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G E M S, with W I T H, Genesis, G E N E S I S, Amaris, A M A R I S, Kemp, K E M P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, Your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.